Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today, I talk about growth and having the growth mindset, and what better way to grow than to grow in your body and change movement patterns. Check out my new platform that is just for this. It offers daily, that is daily yoga classes. Every single day is a new yoga class that will last on the site for almost 36 hours. You can take your time doing it and it's designed for all levels. And I hold the bar high because I know you can do it. The growth is happening from my 20 plus years of creating this method and knowing that it works from the laboratory of working with hundreds and thousands of people in my yoga studio and around the world. So please check it out. There's a three-day free trial and share with friends. I hope you love it. Here is about growth. I think I speak about growth almost every day in some form, whether it's on the mat or off the mat. And I was thinking about this idea of growth because my husband is in the midst of a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And I think it really hit me that this is a big, 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 big thing. This is a wonderful person who has not really meditated and not ever done anything silent. And he does everything full, full on. And um, I've never asked him, and I don't even know if he'd know the answer. Um, sometimes we don't know the answer for the choices we make when something occurs to us to do, but I never really ask him like, why did you decide to do this? But back in the summer, he, he just said, I've lo- been looking into this. And he had told me before, he really wanted to do something for himself. He had seen all the the growth that I did and he sees the people around me and and I think he was just trying to figure out what would be right for him because we're all different and so what's right for me is not going to be right for you or for my husband or for my daughter you know it's um we, there might be some similarities but there might be big differences and so I think he had to kind of sit, literally sit with it and figure out what was what was going to be good for him and I think he knew at 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 the very least this type of silent meditation retreat, this Vipassana practice would reveal a lot. And when I was thinking about this, I thought I'm so proud of him because, you know, if this is his midlife, quote unquote, epiphany, as opposed to a crisis, how lucky is that, that I I am with a person like that and that I get to witness this. And how often that is not the case for for so many reasons where growth is 
stunted or stopped or feared. And I think there's reasons for that. And that's what I'm just going to talk about a little bit right now in my own, um, from my own viewpoint, but also from witnessing growth in people all around me um, from my years and years of teaching and working in physical therapy. So seeing the growth there, you know, when people are healing from an injury or a major, major disease or um, some kind of event like a neurological event with a stroke or traumatic brain injury or a car accident or spinal, I mean, I've worked with really, really severely um, disabled people where like literally one second, their life was changed forever. And just my own observations, because I really love people and I love hearing their stories. And, and then also from my readings, of course. So I'll, I'll give you some ideas of where I've, I've done some reading and research on this. But um, growth is, is something we should be doing all the time. I remember I was at this um, big conference and it was all different wellness people. And the woman who is leading this discussion was talking about the importance of growth and all this stuff. And, and we were writing down answers to questions and meditating and having visions about what we wanted to do. And it was really, really cool. And this one woman in the audience said, well, suppose I'm really just happy with what I'm doing right now. Why is it that I have to change that? And I thought that was a legitimate question, but I thought, am I the only one that thinks like, wow, is that possible? Like, I think this idea of happy is really a construct that is um, unfortunate because, I mean, is there an ever like a, a place, like a boom, you're there, happy? I think that you really have a big control over that. And the control over being quote unquote happy really comes from growth. So she, in fact, asking the question was, maybe answering her own question, which was maybe you're not as quote unquote happy as you think, because that's actually a, it's called a rigid mindset. So you have the growth mindset and the rigid mindset. And you can think everything's fine and that you don't want to change, but we are creatures of, um, biologically speaking, I mean, we are always searching for balance and that search and that craving is good. That's part of being alive. When we settle and think we everything has been answered and I don't want to change anything, that is actually, in fact, a place of rigidity because there's always something we can tinker with. And it's, it's about your mindset in terms of are you positively looking for growth or are you... Um, negatively focused on growth, meaning like you're unhappy and nothing ever meets your, um, you're never settled with the things that do have, that, that do occur for you. So there, there are, it's a, this is really about the mind. And I mean, I spend a lot of time in the brain. I love the brain. I'd wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And then after a week at, um, at the university I went to that with as a pre-med, I was like, I don't think I'm going to have any fun <laughs> for four years. And I remember calling my mom and being like, I don't think I can do this pre-med thing. These people are intense. And I felt like, right, like there's actually, a, I feel like what I was telling her is I'm not going to grow. The mindset here is just very, um, 
it was just so tunnel vision. And it was like, this is all toward medical school, but I was much more about, I wanted to experience education. I wanted to have a liberal arts education. I wanted to take literature classes and art history classes and film classes and science classes and poli-sci classes and biological, you know, and this is the time in my life to do it. And my mom fortunately said, oh my gosh, that's what, that's what going to college is about. It's about learning and exploring and you can figure out what you want to do. And I see this now coming around with my daughter who is a junior in high school and she doesn't know what she wants to do. And I said, that's amazing. If you know what you want to do at that age, I'm not saying you're wrong, but wow, I feel like that's, you're pigeonholing yourself. So I want, I encouraged her to have more of a, just being okay with the fact that she's not going to know and just be open-minded to stuff. So I'd wanted to be a neurosurgeon and I'd always been fascinated with the brain. And I think that comes from a whole, a whole bunch of reasons. We would talk at my dinner table about the brain and about the body and about science and space and all kinds of cool stuff. It was a really fun place to grow up in my household because I have really two very intellectual parents who we were always talking and inquiring. And there was this always this kind of critical thinking going on with that. I also think um, the brain is just from my, I, I wrote my college essay about the brain, the mind-body connection, because I had run a marathon with very little prep. And I realized at about mile 20, you know, this is all a matter of how I, how I handle it. Like I physically will be able to go. What am I going to sit there and keep telling myself how much this sucks and I want to stop? Or am I going to just focus on a hundred feet ahead of me and get to there and a hundred feet ahead of me and get to there and break it down into little bits? And I had this huge epiphany, how important the brain is. And there's these areas in the brain. One is called the reticular activating system that craves this kind of growth that it gets stimulated. And the reason I was successful at the marathon is the reason people are successful with growth in life. I took it into little tiny parts. We get very invested in the big thing, like how our appearance, how we look, how many people like us on Instagram, like number, like these quantitative things that really mean nothing, right? If you really think about it how we look. How does, how does that even mean anything? If we were to all go without mirrors for our life, I mean, that's really not what life's about. It's really the little habits that we do every single day that help us grow or make us remain more stagnant. So the point is my husband, going back to him, he had some kind of internal uh, desire to continue to to grow and move forward and to to improve himself. And that might mean shedding things that have weighed him down in the past. It might mean getting clearer about how he wants to live his next 20 years in his own, you know, for his own personal growth outside of our relationship and outside of our family. But he did it and I'm so proud of him. And I think all of us can find these ways of growing and we don't have to sign up for a 10-day meditation retreat. Here are the things that help us grow. It is some degree of novelty, but more importantly, it is doing 
the work every day. It's the small habits that we do over and over again that really help us either grow or not grow. So are you doing something that is helping you grow repetitively over and over again, or are you not? And those are the things to examine. Um, For me, I have lots of moments of growth and a lot of the growth that I do personally crosses over with my professional because movement in my body is such a huge part of my growth. And here's why. When I move, I'm creating. So my mind is like, I feel like I always say when I'm, when I'm making up sequences or a class, I come out after it and I feel like I've done the crossword puzzle. You know, this like my, the neural plasticity in the brain is just sparking. So the brain craves that kind of newness and the challenge and the growth. And it doesn't have to be something large. It can be in small amounts. So making up a new flow, which is actually kind of just a small thing, is enough to really spark that. And then I want to do it again. And my creativity only feeds and fuels itself. And then that kind of creative juice inside me helps me grow in other ways too. Back when I started learning about the brain in um, right after PT school, my postgraduate degree in neurodevelopmental training, which a lot of the way I teach is based, is, is rooted in the foundations of that training. But I learned about neuroplasticity, which was still uh, not a really commonly accepted idea, you know, that the brain was always growing and changing and transforming. And there was this study that, um, the teachers that I was studying with told me about because I went out in in the Stanford area and they, in Loma Linda, uh, California, they had studied a group of uh, nuns there. And these nuns were devoted to the pursuit of higher knowledge outside of their regular nun kind of daily work that they do, that they would spend time getting more and more educated through different ways. They would read a lot. They would learn a different language. They would play a musical instrument. They would do crossword puzzles. And this study and was, was the blueprint from which a lot of tools have been um, suggested to people, like learn a different language, learn how to play a musical instrument, use your other hand, your non-dominant hand, because they, they saw that what, the, what this did for the brain's nuns. And what it did is they, they would donate their brain to science after they died and they examined them and they were larger, much larger than the normal brain. Um, and they were also much, the, the dendritic connections. So these, all these connections within the brain, the processing and inquiring information were way more complex. So that's a good thing. They're more com, And so the growth in their brain had actually increase the number of connections and the complexity of those connections. And so it showed that we really can do small things for growth that have a huge impact on our brain. And then that can cross over into other areas of our life. So my question for you is, how are you growing? How are you with the concept of growth? Does growth scare you because you don't have any idea where you want to grow or you think you need something really big to symbolize growth. Because I think, and I think the studies all 
the research really supports this, that there's a few things you need. And I will tell you, this is directly from Tony Robbins. It's a slight synopsis of of his stuff. And I might not even have the words exactly, but it's something like this. You really need three things. You need certainty, you need uncertainty, and then you need some success or reward for growth to occur. When that, when those aren't happening or in place, then that's when your kind of growth mentality is affected and you're not going to, the systems are breaking down. So we need some certainty. We need to know like, if I do this, something is going to happen and, um, and it's clear, right? So um, if I dedicate myself to running one mile three times a week, there's a certainty to that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get more fit to some degree, right? My heart's going to, my cardiovascular system's going to improve. Um, that's a good example. Like, and it's a small thing. Like you can do that because you know, the outcome is going to benefit you. Uncertainty. If I decide to leave my job and start another career as an independent person and not as an employee, what is going to happen? There's uncertainty with that. This is where people get paralyzed because we're we're taught to to value money so much, and with that, the certainty. And I'm not saying go do something that's not fiscally responsible, but I also think that in the growth mindset, you have to know that there is going to be some risk. You have to take the risk for the reward. There really that really is true, and a growth mindset says that. So know that there is going to be uncertainty and just be okay with that. And this gets back to the physical practice. When you practice whatever it is, whether it's yoga or some other movement practice, and you practice regularly, it will give you the courage to make these small changes and to accept the uncertainty. When you empower yourself in your body, you are systematically empowering yourself in your spirit. Where it's all one and the same. To to separate them is I have like I have to separate the gluteus maximus from the latissimus dorsi because they're two different muscles and it's interesting to talk about them, but really the same. One is impacting the other. And we do ourselves a disservice if we don't recognize the connection between them. So when you are fortifying your body, you are fortifying your spirit. And then you're then you're more okay with the uncertainty. But for growth to happen, there's going to be uncertainty. Because if there wasn't, would you grow? Like if you knew you have all the money you're ever going to need and more, you're going to stay in one this house the rest of your life. You don't need to work. You don't, you know, there's everything's laid out for you. That kind of the uncertainty of not knowing about your financial future is probably actually wouldn't work for you because we need some motivation. We need it because there's a reward. We can feed our family. We can take a trip. And if you take that away, like this is why I feel like when people talk about winning the lottery, I think it's like, woo, that's exciting. But on the other hand, it's like, wow, I don't know. I feel like I would just give the money away because I would be, I wouldn't want it to change me because I know I'm motivated, but I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by growth. But inherent, and I feel feel like if somebody just gave me money and there's like, oh, you never have to work again, I would just rather give it away so I didn't even have that choice because I'd rather just be motivated to improve myself and not 
think about, you know, well, I really don't have to be doing this. I could just be sitting, drinking lattes on the couch. We need some uncertainty. It drives us. It really does. So be okay with it. The third thing is we do need feeling, we need, we need success. We need the positive feedback loop. So this is where the small shifts, the small steps of behavioral changes of habits becomes very important because we have these things in our brain, these feedback loops, and they can be positive and they can be negative. And, you know, coming up on New Year's and stuff, when you make resolutions, if you do that, there's nothing wrong with it. We should be resolving to be better every day and knowing that some days are going to be less so, but it's not like I'm judging myself. Like today was a really sucky day. Yesterday was really good. It's like, okay, tomorrow is there. And I'm, how can I be better every day? And wait, not wait for the future, but and how to be better every day is small, small habitual changes. And then feeling that success of those small habitual changes will feed you to do more and more in the growth mindset. And I don't mean quantity, I mean quality. So some examples of that are making the shifts you need to, to be happy with your employment. And this is huge because this is where a lot of people spend a lot of their time. Also, to be happy with what you're doing as a person in a relationship, whether it's as a parent, as a partner, as a daughter, as a friend, sister, or brother. And there's always ways to grow in those relationships. There's, there's no doubt that every day we can grow. And this is where I, when I have to do growth work, it, it really often is in relationships. And it's not in a bad way. It's just paying attention to them. I can be alone for periods of time and be really, really fine with that. And I also have three brothers who are not good communicators. (laughs) You know, they just aren't. I don't know if it's a male thing or not. They don't do the text first. They don't phone first. My older brother does a little bit and that's okay. I accept that. And so my growth is making sure that I do it, that I don't hold that. I don't take it personally. And this is really, really important you're only hurting yourself if you take those types of things personally and then don't reach out to somebody just because they didn't reach out to you. I mean, that's, we got one life here. Do we want to spend time like calculating how much somebody else is reaching out or doing the work? So reach out. I, and this is what I do. I, I have to remind myself, oops, I haven't talked to Brother Miles. Let me give him a call or a text. Um, and so those are, those are the little places you can make um, growth in your personal relationship, but examine where you need to make that growth. Do the things that you need to do in small ways, the little habits that really end up to be big things. Because when you think you have done everything, that's a fixed mindset, (laughs) right? I, I don't think we should go to our grave thinking we've done all the work we need to do. I think we should be satisfied with the little things we do every day. There's nothing wrong with being satisfied and content, but having a yearning for that growth, for the certainty, the uncertainty, and then getting the success with that so that we can grow and change and improve and look back from year to year. And so maybe it is the New Year's thing where you look back and say, am I, have I done some improvements from last year in the ways that I wanted to? And if I didn't, how can I do the things I need to do realistically to create those positive feedback loops? So I hope this helped. Uh, This was all about growth. And I just feel like it's an amazing, amazing concept and practice. And I 
and I'm really grateful that my my husband's doing this because I think that in a relationship, in a partnership, in a marriage, you both better be working on growth. And a lot of it has to be the self-growth so that you can be together with that growth mindset. And so I'm grateful I have a partner who's doing that. I know I'm doing it in my daily life and it's super fulfilling. That's why I love this job and I'm, I just bow to it every day. So thank you for listening and let me know your ideas about growth and what you're doing. I'd love to hear. So make sure that you share this with some friends and maybe you could even have the discussion. It's a great conversation over lunch or something you know, to talk about how you want to grow. Because when you actually also express it out loud to somebody, and then you have some ideas of how to do it, then you have somebody who's holding you accountable and who can remind you and encourage you and cheer you on. So let's cheer each other on. Let's move, let's grow, and let's thrive to be our best for ourselves and all beings around us. I'm sending you lots of love today. Bye.